This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome, global leaders, to the Global Reach Leadership Forum with Navy veteran, ecclesial leader, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Pat presenting you with critical leadership perspectives from the minds of former military leaders now transforming the face of American business as successful entrepreneurs. Get ready to listen, learn, to lead, and now to enhance your leadership influence on the Global Reach Leadership Forum. Here's your host, Dr. Pat. Hello and welcome to the Global Reach Leadership Forum. I'm your host, Dr. Pat. And today we are talking about accountability. What is the essence of accountability? Why accountability? And why should we strive every day to ensure that we are accountable to those we serve, whom we serve, and more importantly, if you're a faith-based person like me, your accountability to God. Accountability of a leader is a primary attribute of leadership. It is an attribute in organizations across the world. And this attribute compels the authenticity of a leader's sense of purpose and responsibility for the organization's welfare and success. In essence, an accountable leader is driven to make the organization successful an objective. As in some other attributes or qualities where the leadership tenet means different things to different people, being accountable as a leader is bluntly plain and unambiguous in its outcome. Now, an accountable leader then bears the burden of failure and the triumph of success for the direction, purpose, vision, and goals of the organization. What accountability means to you is exactly what it means to me as well. The buck stops with us. Now, let's assume for instance that uh, you walk into work this week and then you are very well poised to, to excel, to be successful in everything that you're doing. And you're eager, you're eager to make the best of the moment to learn that one of your employees has filed a sexual harassment complaint against one of your prominent managers. You quickly realize that it's been a while since you sat in one of those training sessions on sexual harassment and fraternization in the workplace. You know you're responsible for the culture of the organization. And anything that happens that casts a shadow on the organization is a direct reflection of your leadership. So what do you do then? Do you just whine and complain and 
and wonder why you woes me? Is that the reaction that a leader should take? What action will he take then? Do you think he will be held accountable for the fallout of the accusations if it turns out to be true? Absolutely, yes. Despite the facts that the perpetrator will also face the tune of the music of misconduct. However, you as a leader of the organization will have to take absolute responsibility for the environment that caused the accusations, since likely others are also pending. The overall outcome of actions and mitigations to rectify any wrongdoing is a measure of accountability. If a lawsuit is filed, for instance, against your organization, it is not the offender that gets all the fallout, of course. You also have to salvage what is left of your reputation and dignity for setting the tone of the environment that was created that potentially caused the misconduct. The buck stops with you, the leader. You know, I'm often reminded of President Harry S. Truman's signage on his White House desk that read, the buck stops here. Knowing where accountability for actions starts and where it stops is imperative for every leader. An organization that is firm on its values can consequently hold others accountable for their own actions as well. However, it is harder to do so when the environment in which the misconduct occurs is questionably integral. Therefore, regardless of what happens within an organization, the leadership of the organization has to bear not just the responsibility of the outcomes, but also the accountability to either statutory, legal, or civil requirements. To fully understand what accountability or being accountable does the organizational leader, it is important to consider that when the organization suffers, no matter what the setback might be, the leader then gains the opportunity to exercise resilience, exercise tenacity, tenacity to endure the outcomes. In the same way, whether it's a fiscal attribution for the organization, the leader is well poised to absorb it. So with that said, it's now time for us to listen to our guest. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right. Well, today we are honored to have with us our guest is Mr. Stevens. He's the, and he has an extensive leadership background and uh, his business experience is unfathomable. But I'll, I'll share with you here shortly his bio. Uh, prior to assuming his current position, he served as president and CEO of Calma in San Antonio, Texas. It is a $250 million a year manufacturing and material handling equipment organization. And he also served a distinguished 28-year career in the U.S. Army, retiring as a colonel. In the Army, he served in a variety of progressive operational leadership and command positions. 
His vast assignments included Infantry Brigade Commander and Division Chief, Chief of Staff for the 10th Mountain Division, and that's out of Fort Drum, New York. And then he was also Chief of Operations and Chief of Staff, Joint War Fighting Center, um, that is uh, located in Suffolk, Virginia. His military qualifications include, among others, Ranger, Airborne, Pathfinder, Air Assault, and Joint Staff Officer. And since taking the helm of the Hampton Roads Chamber, he, Mr. Stevens, has led the Chamber to a U.S. Chamber of Commerce five-star accreditation. This is an achievement only obtained by the top 1%, 1% of over 7,200 chambers in the nation. In 2016, he was awarded the Chamber Executive of the Year for the Commonwealth of Virginia by the Virginia Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives. And in 2017 and 2018, he was number 15 on Inside Business Top 25 Most Powerful People in Hampton Roads. And in 2019 and 20, Mr. Stevens was recognized on the Inside Business Top 25 list while also being on the Virginia 500 Power List for Economic Development. Oh, this is tremendous. Mr. Stevens, welcome to the Global Reach Leadership Forum. It is good to have you here, sir. Well, it's an honor to be here, Pat. And please call me Brian. Uh, All righty. I, I, I prefer to be on a first name basis with you, Pat, because I just yes. respect yes. and admire you so much and, and all that you and Global Reach does. Well, thank you so much, Brian. You know, we are honored because we know that what you've been doing in the Hampton Roads area, which I, I mean, I'm part of, is tremendous. I mean, we hear of the greatness that you're bringing to the 757 region, and uh, we're honored to have you on this podcast. And today we're going to be talking about accountability. Accountability is, uh, you know, sometimes is misunderstood by leaders of all kinds. I mean, from from both the military and also the corporate sector. And today, uh, you are one of the uniquely qualified people to be able to talk about accountability because of your experience as a leader in the military and also, you know, in uh, in, in the corporate sector. So, so this this morning, Brian, I, I just want us to talk about accountability, and it is often confused with responsibility, especially for leaders. So what is your definition of accountability and, and how did you practice this or kind of demonstrate this in uh, the service as well as what you do now? Yeah, that's a great question, Pat. And um, accountability is so important, um, not just to leaders, but it's, I think it's so important to everybody. Yes. Because you've got to, in my mind, clearly identify um, within yourself what you will be accountable to. Mm. Now, for me, and I'll get a little personal with you, Pat, sure. you know, I'm accountable to my Lord and Savior. I'm a man of faith, and that's my first accountability. And second, I'm accountable to my family. Yes. I mean, I'm the leader of my family. I'm accountable to them, and I uh, am going to lead them to accomplish whatever that they want to do as individuals and as, and as family members. Two, I'm obviously... Um, employed. I'm working right now. So I'm accountable to my employees. I'm accountable to my board of directors. I'm accountable to the business community. I'm accountable to our, the members of the Hampton Rose Chamber. And I have uh, responsibilities to all of those that I'm accountable to. I'm also accountable to myself, right? You got to have what I call self-accountability, which is really self-discipline to do the things that need to be done so that you can achieve the things that you need to do. So accountability is extremely important and it requires uh, in, intentfulness and it requires discipline. Wow. 
you have unpacked so much that I hope our listeners are really taking notes now because the, the things you mentioned accountability is often miss it's often overlooked. You mentioned accountability to, you know, the, the most high power for, for those of us who are faith-based, we believe, you know, Christ or, or God, which is, which is great. And then also you mentioned self-accountability. And, and to me, I think that is very unique because most people miss that piece that if you can't be accountable to yourself, how can you even show accountability or hold other people accountable? So I'm really grateful for that. Now, self-discipline, wow, that is tremendous. So in that case, do you think then, based on this definition, which is so profound, and thank you for sharing that, do you think then that there is a difference between accountability as a leader in the corporate sector and then accountability in the military? Because I I, pertain, I think that it is really the same, but I don't know. What what do you think, Brian? No, I, I, I think it's pretty much the same, Pat. You know, in the military... Um, I was accountable, obviously, to my chain of command. I was accountable to my soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines that worked for me. And I was accountable to my mission. We had a saying in the Army, mission first, people always, which yes. meant we'd always accomplished a mission. We were accountable to accomplishing that mission, and we are going to take care of our people while we did it. Wow. And making the transition to the, the, the corporate world or the civilian culture, it's pretty much the same. You're accountable to uh, your employees, if you're a leader of an organization or a leader of a group, you're accountable to them. Um, if leadership is a two-way street, yes, you know you've got to you've got to take care of your people. You got to be accountable to them, and you've got to accomplish your mission. In the business community, people want results. Leaders want results, True. and so I, t- I I tell a lot of people who um, I I mentor that leadership is the most sought after commodity in the business community. Wow. And they look at me kind of strange, like, well, well, why? Because leaders get results. Leaders are accountable for get, accomplishing a mission. And what do you want in business? Whether you're providing a product or service, you want results. And you want those results done to a high standard of excellence. So if you're an individual with those leadership traits that could get results to that high standard, you're a very valued commodity in the business world. Wow, profound. Results-oriented leadership. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of coining a you know, term here, but I think that's really what it is. And you hit it so clearly. But you know what? With this results you know, orientation for, for leaders, there's a tendency for people to overlook what comes with that accountability? I mean, you've mentioned very well the fact that you're accountable on all sides, both above and and with you, your team. But then, how do you hold people accountable? How, if if it's enforceable, and I I think it is enforceable, how did you enforce that in the military as a leader? And then, how do you kind of enforce that accountability now with your team by holding them accountable? How do you do that? Because that's a fine line between doing that and not you know not crossing the boundaries with you know with legal legalities and stuff like that. So, how do you do that? Yeah, you know, in the in the military, we had this thing called task conditions and standards. Right. So everything that we did, every task had conditions associated to it. And then it had a standard to which it needed to be done to. So the first thing with holding people accountable in the military is ensuring they understood the task condition and standard. And usually, generally, almost always, you know, men and women in the military who, who, who 
stand up and uh, swear, swear to defend the Constitution of the United States, they are going to be accountable to that to, to, to accomplishment of that task to the, to the standard. So, you know, you just make sure they understand and then let them do it. We have another thing in the military that uh, I think is so valuable, and I'd love to bring it to our um, business uh, business community, and that's we have this thing called non-commissioned officers. Yes, yes. Non- Non-commissioned officers knew how they they know how to to keep uh, soldier, sailor, airman, marine, uh, coasties, or whatever. They know to ha- how to keep them uh, in line and, and make them accountable for for getting things done. Uh, but 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 again, you know, I I just uh, the, the other thing I, I want to mention about the military that I really love is that we have every service has a value system right okay yes it has a value system that they inculcate into every person that goes through their basic training and then they live to that values uh, as they continue through their service you find a lot of organizations in the business world that really don't have a value system or if they do it's just some words on a fancy chart and they, they, they don't enforce it but I would encourage all of your visit, viewers who are who are in the business community to to sit down and strategize and, and, and come up with a, a a value system within your organization and then enforce it. Okay. Because that value system, in and of itself, can be your mechanism for holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. Because you can look them in the eye. Say say it's. Uh, it's trustworthiness is one of your values, for instance. So I'm just throwing something out now. Okay. And if you see somebody that may not may not be doing something, you can say, "Is that with is that within our value system?" And then there, if they say, "Well, no, it's not," and you say, "Well, then you should not be doing that." Exactly. exactly. So, wow that 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 is so important. I'm glad you mentioned the fact that you have to have some kind of something you can reference. So that you can then now have a metric to hold people accountable, and and often you know leaders whether they're they've been in the military for so long and now transitioning or they're currently operating in in a private sector, think that they have to do something different in the private sector. But but it's almost it's almost the same thing. So having something for them to reference and the values to go by is essential. Well, that, that is so awesome. So with that said, uh, do you can you remember any particular example of accountability that you practiced while you were in active duty. And then you probably practice that now. Is there any one that sticks out to you that you can uh, share with us? Any insights? Yeah. Going, going back to values, Pat, um, you know, when I was the, you, you know, you mentioned in reading my bio that I was president and CEO of a manufacturing company in San Antonio, Texas. Yes. And San, San Antonio, Texas, I don't know if you know this, but they are known as military town USA. Oh really? Okay, great. They have a lot. They have a lot of military there. They've got uh, army bases, navy or uh, air force bases, etc. And when I took over as president and CEO, uh, we were in a growth spurt, and so we were hiring a lot of people. And I made it a point to try to hire as many veterans mm-hmm. as I could, and I did that for a reason. I did that because I knew that they had two things that I was looking for. One. They had a value system that I, I cherished, and I wanted to um, I wanted to ensure that the, the the organization, the manufacturing organization, carried those same values. And I wanted leaders who could get results. Okay. And what I did is the company was small enough that I could actually interview 
every new hire. I didn't hire them. I let the vice presidents hire HR or whatever. But when it when a a a new hire came in and they were a veteran, I don't care if they were Air Force, Army, Navy, whatever they were. I actually had that service value system on a little three by five card. And so I'd see that, uh, you know, Pat was coming in on his first day. He's going to interview with the CEO. I'd see that you were in the Navy, Pat. So I'd say, Pat, I see you were in the Navy. Yes, sir, I was. Well, what'd you do in the Navy? Well, I did this, this, that. That's outstanding. I want to thank you for your service. Pat, what are the three values of the Navy? Ooh. And they'd look at me like, what? And I'd say, what are the three values of the United States Navy? Yeah. Well, I don't remember what they are now, but it's courage, integrity, or or, or whatever it honor, is. Honor, courage, commitment. There you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Honor, courage, commitment. Yeah. And I say, and I say to to the new employee, don't you ever lose those three values right. yeah. when you go out to your office or when you go out to the you know the manufacturing floor or whatever. I want you to take that value system and I want you to teach everybody out there the value systems that you want. Wow. I want you to teach them that because I want you to raise the level of our values here in this organization. I don't want you to drop down with your values. And then I want you to remember the leadership acumen that you were honed through six years of service in in the United States Navy. The military is the greatest leadership crucible ever. Don't forget your leadership. Don't forget your values. Now take it out there to the to, to, to the assembly line and get to work. And within a matter of a year or so, the efficiency and the effectiveness of our manufacturing facility skyrocketed. And I, I, I truly do attribute that to the fact that we just raised the standards of the organization, leadership, values, mission accomplishment, all those things that the military is known for was suddenly... Uh, within the organization that we had there in San Antonio. We, we, uh, we really took that organization to the next level. I can't tell you how proud I am of what they did. Oh, certainly. And I'm quite certain they are part of that as well. This is very intriguing. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's exactly what we need for transitioning military leaders. For most of our hearers who, and viewers who might be interested in transitioning from the military and then getting to the private sector, you know, they they may think that they have to do something different. So I'm glad you mentioned, you know, that clearly. But is, do you think that there is any other strategy or is there any advice that you'd give to a transitional military leader or maybe a buddy entrepreneur who's now, you know, in the private sector? What kind of advice would you give them to be able to enhance that bar so, yeah. so they're comfortable doing it? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's another great question. And you know, Pat, I'm I'm tremendously blessed that I I, I get the opportunity to talk to a lot of transitioning military because we have a lot transitioning right here in Hampton Roads. Some estimate we have ten thousand uh, really? men and women transitioning out of the military into the civilian uh, environment every year right here in Hampton Roads. That's a lot of transitioning military, um, and so. We work a lot with them to ensure that uh, the transition is as smooth as possible. Um, and, and some of the things that I tell them is just what I was talking about. You know, remember your values. Uh, don't uh, don't lose sight of what those values are and what they meant to you in the military. Accentuate your leadership skills. Articulate it right at the top of your resume. 
Mm-hmm. You know, however you want to say, you know, your strengths are, I, I am a proven leader. And then when you go into the interview, you know, I don't know how my, my skills transition to a civilian job. Well, your leadership skills transition. That's right. So when you go into interview, emphasize that, say, you know what, if you hire me, Mr. Smith, I am going to get results for you. Well, how, how do you know you're going to get results? Because I'm a proven leader and leaders get results. And if you hire me, I'm going to get results and I'm going to do it to the highest standard of excellence that you have ever seen. And I'm going to, t- I'm going to take it, your organization to the next level. If you're able to go in there with that level of confidence, you have, you have in essence, differentiated yourself from the pack, which is what you have to do in order to initially get the job. That's you right. need to differentiate yourself from the other 10 people that they're interviewing. Mm-hmm. And you can differentiate yourself by emphasizing your leadership abilities, your leadership skills, and what you have done with your leadership skills within the military. So again, values and leadership uh, are, are what I, I always emphasize uh, to transitioning military. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I know uh, that is something that I'm glad you were able to say that because there's always some hesitation to say, okay, now what do I do? I don't ha- I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to, pra- to practice in the private sector, but you, you hit around the head and I'm glad you mentioned those key points. Um, you know, unfortunately in, in the private sector, we have we've seen a lot of uh, leaders, uh, we're someone that was in the news was, you know, Harvey Weinstein, for instance, Entertainment mogul. I mean, he, he was very, very good at what he did, but he was held accountable for his actions, um, you know, his alleged actions with uh, with what happened. Now, is there anything like that in the military that we can think of? We've heard of some, you know, army or navy people being held accountable as well. But how does that affect the the the, the forces? Because I'm sure in the private sector, it's going to affect the team. Because in the case of Harvey Weinstein, the whole empire you know, broke down. But in the military, how do you hold people accountable with that? Leaders in those high positions, because it's going to affect forces. What is your insight into something like that on how to hold people accountable, whether they're in the military, in that high position, or in the private sector? Yeah, I, I just make it very clear right up front, Pat, that ethical violations, integrity violations, Policy violations, legal violations are just non-negotiable. Okay. I mean, there, you know, there's no excuse for it. And if you do have an integrity, uh, ethical, or you know, another violation, then you are you will be held accountable using that word for your actions. Yes. I tell people that in life, and I taught my children this too. There's this thing called uh, choices, decisions, and consequences. Right. Yes. You're always going to have choices. Every single day you get up, you've got a choice. Every single day you get on the road, you've got a choice. Every single day you're presented with choices, whether you're going to take drugs, alcohol, do do uh, unethical things or whatever. You know, you've got those you've got those choices. You've got to make a decision. You've got to make a decision. But whatever decision you make, whether it's a, a bad decision or a good decision, expect to be held accountable for it. Mm. There will be consequences. So, you know, encourage all of your employees to always make the right decision. And sometimes the right decisions are the harder decision to make. Yes. But always the right decision because the consequences will always be in your favor. 
Wow. I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned because I was going to ask, you know, that how do you prevent or mitigate something like that? And he just answered that, that always make the right decision. Because if if you do that, then you're always, always, almost always going to be in the right. And and, um, and and your accountability will be, you know, will be will be obvious to all. You um, you mentioned quite a few things, which I'm hoping that uh, people are, uh, are picking up as they hear or view this. But for a buddy entrepreneur, I know that there may be some strategies that may not necessarily be observed in the in the military, but you have that in the private sector. With your experience, what kind of strategies would you recommend on how to hold themselves accountable or how to hold other people accountable uh, that may not necessarily come from the military military side, if there is any? Yeah. Well, first, uh, you know, it, it's just clarity of what you need done to to the standard you expect it to be done. Okay. You know, a lot of times people get into what I call a check the block mentality. Okay. In other words, there are five or six things that I need to do today. And so I'm going to do it, do it, check it off, check it off, check it off. But you're not doing it to the standard that need, that it needs to be done to in order to make yourself or your organization or whatever a truly a success. You know, that's mediocrity. That's being average. You can't settle for that. And so you've got to be able to ensure that your employees or yourself clearly understand the task and the standard it needs to be done to. And don't settle for just getting it done to to a a lower standard. The other thing that I'd like to mention, and I tell entrepreneurs this a lot, is do do your homework, do your research, make a plan. Sure. You know, uh, so many entrepreneurs are so talented, Pat. You talk to them all the time. So do I. They've got so much talent at whatever it is that they want to be an entrepreneur and doing, but they're not really that um, knowledgeable on the business side of running a business. So you have to do your research. You have to educate yourself and you have to come up with a business plan. Okay. And then execute that business plan to a high standard of excellence, just like you're executing your product or service to a high standard of excellence. So, you know, entrepreneurship is really, you know, there's two sides of it. There's the product and service, and then there's the finance side. You, you can't go. ignore either one of them. You got to you got to address both of them. Gotta be savvy. Gotta be savvy with that. That's that's great. Well, that 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 is so awesome. And I, as we head towards the end of our you know session here, which has been great, and I'm hoping that uh, listeners, if you're not taking notes, then you're missing out. Uh, otherwise, come back and revisit what Brian has just talked about because it's phenomenal insight into all this. So there may be one big thing that sticks in your mind that may be of a nugget of gold for our, our heroes and viewers. And, and that is maybe one particular instance where you held somebody accountable that you, whether it was in the military or now, and, and that has really paid dividends because of that. Is there any one example that you can think of uh, that you want to share with us? Yeah. I think the key is holding yourself accountable. You know? Okay identify within yourself who you are what's of value to you what standard do you want to hold your life to and what do you want to achieve in life and then hold yourself accountable you know we're in this culture now unfortunately you call it council uh, uh, cancel culture or whatever where people are just expecting things to be given to them and all that um, you know uh, life ain't easy Pat <laughs> You know, it's just not. 
And people have to understand that and they have to take responsibility for their own life. I'm responsible for myself. Whatever happens to me, I'm responsible for it. And don't make excuses. You know, leaders don't make excuses. Leaders are accountable to themselves. They take the responsibility to do what's necessary as long as it's 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 legal and ethical, right? Yes. You know, to do whatever it is that needs to be done in order to accomplish the mission or to get themselves to where they want to they want to they want to be. Yes. You know, and it it has to be intentful. I use the analogy of, of of losing weight. You know, I hear so many people out there say that, oh, I'm just struggling with losing weight. I can't lose weight. I got to lose ten pounds and all. And I tell them, I said, it's not hard. They go, what do you mean it's not hard? I said, all you got to do is hold yourself accountable that you're not going to eat that pie tonight. Or, you know, you're going to get up tomorrow morning at five o'clock and you're going to go hit the uh, the running trail or a little bit. I mean, anybody can do it if if they just hold themselves accountable to do it. And you can do that with anything you want in life. You know, whatever goals that you set for yourself, you know, Come up with a plan. Hold yourself accountable to to achieving that uh, those objectives, and don't make excuses. Wow. You know, in the military, one of my one of my favorite uh, movies was always uh, I think it was Gunny Highway. I think well, Gunny Highway was a star. I think it was Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. Okay. Remember, he he was the gunny sergeant, right? And he was he, he was training the the recon platoon. You remember what he always used to tell the recon platoon? He'd say, listen, you knuckleheads, you got to improvise, you got to adapt, you got to overcome, but you got to accomplish the mission. So improvise, adapt, overcome, don't make excuses, accomplish the mission, whether it's a personal goal that you're trying to achieve or whether it's leading your organization to to achieve even greater levels of revenue and profit or, or, or quality of product or whatever it is, you know, you can do it if you just put Put your mind to it. Put your mind to it. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. So then, uh, with that said, what do you consider to be the biggest uh, challenge right now with entrepreneurs? Because somebody who's coming in new, fresh uh, from military is going to say, what, what, do I, what should I expect? What do you consider to be the biggest uh, entrepreneurial challenge uh, in the private sector today? Yeah, if, if oh, you're just starting out just starting out as an entrepreneur, it's a little little off the, the subject of leadership, but... Um, it's, it, it's access to capital. Okay. I mean, you know, that's, that's the biggest issue. And we at the chamber can help them with that. We have a small business development center as well that can, can help them with that, but you've got to have access with capital. You've got to have a good business plan. And, uh, you know, the other thing I tell entrepreneurs is, is Pat, they don't have to go it alone. You know, just because you're starting a business, you don't have to go it alone. There's resources out there for you. We okay. have the Small Business Development Center. There's 757 Angels. There's all kinds of organizations out there that will help you. We've got a program at the chamber we call Propel, which we take young entrepreneurs and we put them through a three-year program where we put them through, I think it's a six or eight-week boot camp. I mean, it's literally a boot camp where it's eight hours a day and you're learning how to run a business. We're not going to try to tell you to do you know, to make flower arrangements, if that's what you want to do as far as an entrepreneur. But we're going to tell you how to run a business, the finance side, the business side, the taxes, the regulations, the policies, the licensing, all that kind of stuff. We're going to walk you through that. And then we're going to show you where the capital is, where you can get some funding to kickstart your business. And uh, 
And then, and then we pair you up with a mentor for two years, one-on-one mentorship. They meet, I don't know, once a week or, or once a month uh, and just, hey, how are you doing? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And we have, we've got like a 90% success rate that entrepreneurs going through that Propel uh, program will be successful because the first three years of an entrepreneur is when you have the most attrition rate. That's right. Once you get over that three-year hump, the success rate for continued, uh, you know, growth and prosperity uh, is exponentially higher than the first three years. That's right. That segues into uh, what I was going to be the last question here is that what do you want our listeners, viewers, and entrepreneurs to know? About uh, about your organization, uh, the 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 largest, I believe, uh, chamber of commerce in in, this, in Virginia, I believe. So, is yeah. there anything else you want us to know about? You know, the, the chamber that you are that, that you run. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you asked me to talk about uh, my organization, and I could go on. How much more time oh, yeah. do you have, Pat? <laughs> hey, go go for it. You know, right. about two, two more minutes at least. Okay, I'm I'm very proud of the Hampton Roads Chamber. Uh, as you mentioned, we are a five-star accredited chamber, which means operationally we're we're one of the best chambers in the nation. And I attribute that to just a great professional staff that we got that understands our values, understands the standard of excellence that we try to achieve every day. But what our chamber does is we set conditions, Pat, within the region so that businesses can be a success, mm-hmm. and we do it in a lot of different ways. Uh, we have a lot of different programs and services for the business community out there. And probably one of the most important things we do, I think, is we lobby on behalf of the business community at the local, state, and federal level. You know, and we've got this saying that we are unapologetically pro-business. Sure. So we talk to local elected leaders, state elected leaders, or federal elected leaders. We make sure that, that they understand that we are advocating on behalf of the business community. And if this piece of legislation is going to be problematic, we're going to tell them about it. And if we think it's going to be good, we're going to, we're going to ask their continued support of it. So uh, again, when you boil down mission statements, our mission statement is very simple. We set conditions for businesses to be a success. We represent the whole business company. We'd love for, uh, for people to join the chamber where you have more access to more programs and services. Uh, but again, we represent the entire business community, regardless if you're a member or not. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for enlightening us with such wisdom on accountability and other aspects of business entrepreneurship. You know, this has really been an honor. We want to thank you so much uh, for making time just to share with us such a, such wealth of knowledge both from uh, the military perspective and also from the private sector perspective. So, well, thank you again, you know, and for our listeners and viewers, we know that you have to be exceptional at your work, at your, at your talents and at your leadership to excel. And so we're encouraging you to seek help. You know, Brian has mentioned it. He's available. His, his organization is available to help you out. So seek help where you can. Remember that you are accountable first to yourself, or to your God, and then to everyone else that you work for and work with. So until next time, I encourage you, seek out the 52 Essential Qualities and Attributes of an Organizational Leader. It's available. Look for that. And until next time, remember to lead the change. Take care and be well. Thanks, Brian, for being here. Thank you. God bless. Well, global leaders, 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Global Reach Leadership Forum. If you have learned something today, please like us on Facebook. Visit our website at www.globalreachleaders.com to leave a comment or a question and share this episode with others. Until next week, remember to lead the change. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.